Would President Biden ever try to get out of a meeting by pulling a fire alarm? <laughs> Are you talking about something specifically? Uh, a <laughs> Democratic member of Congress pulled a fire alarm around a series of votes. No fire. Is that appropriate? Well, appropriate is a tricky word in Washington. You know, you're usually talking about appropriations rather than appropriate because what's appropriate is very subjective in this town. Pulling a fire alarm like Jamal Bowman because you're late for a vote and too stupid to get out of your office building where you work every day. Go downstairs, go to the tunnel, go to the subway, walk a few feet, go out another door. Every day is an IQ test. Jamal Bowman does not fare very well on that front. I'm telling you. I have uh, one hour remaining, and, and I have more than one hour of material, I can assure you. The president of Mexico, a radical leftist anti-American Lopez Obrador, says that 10,000 migrants a day head to the U.S. border. He blames the United States of America. He blames, he blames U.S. sanctions on Cuba because he's pretending because he's a liar and a leftist, therefore immediately, ipso facto, a liar. He's lying that, oh, it's 10,000 Cubans a day. Well, if that were the case, and they're fleeing the glories of socialism. What about the thousands fleeing Venezuela, where the glories of socialism are once again on display? But that's your, uh, that's your guy, I'm, I'm telling you. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Lopez Obrador, 10,000 migrants head every day to the U.S. border. He blames U.S. sanctions, naturally, on Cuba because... He's a commie, and he's an anti-American. And, you know, if he were here in the United States, he'd just be another run-of-the-mill Democrat, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Now, Michael uh, shared with me a, uh, a, a, a uh, an ex-post we got just uh, a few minutes ago, just a few minutes ago, and uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, it's from, you know, uh, it's a Night Watch, but an interesting spelling of uh, Night Watch, N-X-G-H-T, a witch, I'm sorry, not watch, Nick's, uh, Nick's witch, and uh, it's good. Now, there is a, a uh, New York Post piece that he has uh, tagged, says the, the New York Post headline is, we really are getting tired. Nine tricks to beat fall blues from experts. So here's the story in the New York Post, and they talk to experts. They always talk to experts. There are a lot of experts out there. And they've got experts, and the experts are providing nine tricks to beat the fall blues, the fall blues, because the headline says we're, uh, we really are getting tired. And there's a picture of a woman who looks tired. She's got a knit hat and a sweater on. And our friend wrote, smoke weed and listen to the Chris Plant show. See, uh, re, uh, reposted it on X and said, smoke weed and listen to the Chris Plant show. See? Because we have broad appeal. We have broad appeal here. We appeal to everyone. We're a big tent. We're a big tent show, and that's uh, good by us. So uh, I'm going to go with Night Witch, even though it's NXGHT, uh, uh, which, next witch. So uh, great stuff. Smoke weed and listen to the Chris Plant show. I think that, you know, could be worse because 
you know, you want to smoke weed and listen to Chris Plant show, that's good. And it's a picture of dude playing a guitar. He's playing a guitar right there. Looks like a Fender. It's an electric guitar. And his uh, photo in response to the New York Post story. Look, it's legal. It's, it's like having a glass of wine. In Washington, D.C., there are stores all over the place. You walk in and you buy your weed and you, and you, uh, you know, and you smoke your weed. And everywhere you walk in the city, you smell pot in the air. And uh, you know what? It hasn't really changed things very much. Turns out everybody was already high in Washington even before they legalized it, believe it or not. But there it is. That's free advice from right here at the microphone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Tell you, Ralph, Ralph, uh, who called in a little earlier, is a big hit, getting a lot of response to Ralph. Ralph speaks the truth from Brent. Good stuff. From Jim, love Ralph's brain and courage. That's right. Need a city full of people thinking like him from Jim. Uh, great stuff. Ralph uh, getting a lot of support here. And, uh, and my idea of doing away with home rule in Washington, D.C. and turning the city over to Congress, which is kind of a, a tough thing if we had anybody with a brain in Washington, D.C. in government, then it might be a tough call. But right now, it's not a tough call. Honestly, it's, we should ask for the United Nations to intervene. Oh, we got another Anna uh, uh, weighing in with a heart for Ralph. Ralph with a red heart there. That's an emoji. That's an emoji. You know, I've never used an emoji. I believe that. I've never sent an emoji on a text message or anything else. I've never used an emoji. How about that? I prefer words. I use words. Now, emojis are fine. I get them all the time, of course. But uh, but now with uh, that said, let's get to another one of my really great ideas. Um, not just, uh, you know, Meatball becoming the the senator from California, because I do think Meatball deserves the the Senate seat in California vacated by Senator Dianne Feinstein's passing at the age of 90. Now let's go to, uh, let's go, uh, let's go to, because I, I talked about him, let's go to Congressman Al Green, Al Green, who is not the singer, but he has the same name. And uh, Al Green went to the, to the floor of the House of Representatives today to talk about a proposal that he has. And when you hear it, uh, you may recognize it if you've been listening to this show for some time because I've been talking about this very thing for years and years. And now Democrat Congressman Al Green is kind of playing catch-up here with me. Um, He is pointing out something obvious, and he leaves out a few key words because he's a Democrat, Al Green is. And uh, he went to the House floor, and he's out in the Senate. They have three office buildings where senators and their staff work. The Russell Senate office building, the oldest of the three Senate office buildings. Next to that is the Dirksen Senate office building, named for Republican Everett Dirksen. And then the Hart Senate office building, which is the newest, most modern. And when it was built, it was the most expensive building in the United States of America per square foot ever constructed the Hart Senate office building. It's modern and it has art hanging in the big foyer lobby, you know, a calder, which is very expensive. But when it was built, the Hart Senate office building was the most expensive per square foot building ever built in the United States of America in the history because the government was behind it. But the old Senate office building was, was originally every senator 
when we had like 96 of them, everybody worked in one Senate office building, and it was just called the Senate office building. Then they built a second Senate office building, the Dirksen, the Everett Dirksen Senate office building, and then there were two Senate office buildings, so they had to name the Senate office building something else. So they named it, uh, Dirksen as, uh, was a Republican, so they said, well, the other one has to be named for a Democrat. So they decided to name it after Richard Russell, who is a racist Democrat, segregationist Democrat from the state of Georgia, who was a racist Democrat. And he was anti-civil rights. And um, when there was an anti-lynching bill, he voted against it because he was a Democrat. And the Democrat Party is the party of lynching and the Klan and the Confederacy and Jim Crow. That's the Democrat Party. Now, how many years ago, Michael? More than 10 years ago, I started saying, listen, you've got this Senate office building, one of three Senate office buildings, named for the racist segregationist Democrat Richard Russell from Georgia, and they should strip his name off of the building, and they should rename it for the first, because it would be great justice. You know, they always talk about justice, but they don't believe in it. Uh, It should be renamed for Hiram Revels. Hiram Revels was the first African-American ever to serve in the United States Congress, and he was a senator, not a member of the House, uh, and he was a Republican, as you might imagine, because no black person would be a Democrat back then because they're the party of the Klan and lynching and the Confederacy, and then the Democrats were able to scrub their own history off of themselves. Now, Hiram Revels, American Republican politician, he was a minister, uh, AME church, and a college administrator, uh, and he was born in North Carolina, uh, and uh, and he became the first African-American to serve in Congress, right, as a, as a senator, and it's, uh, and he's a great American story, um, Amazing, amazing guy. United States Senator from Mississippi. And this is back when the state house, before senators were elected by direct election as we do now, it used to be that senators were picked by the state houses in the various states. And that worked better. We should return to that system, actually. Brings the senators closer to their roots in the state. Uh, But United States Senator from Mississippi served from 1870, February 25th of 1870, to March 3rd of 1871, uh, Hiram Revels. And he's an amazing story, H-I-R-A-M-R-E-V-E-L-S. Now, here is Democrat Congressman Al Green on the floor of the House of Representatives today who has a half-baked idea. He's half-right when actually what he says is entirely right, but he should listen to my show because then he'd know what the path ought to be here, and that is to rename the building that the Democrats named for a racist segregationist in honor of the first African-American ever to serve in the United States Congress, and he was a senator. So it would be very appropriate when stripping the racist Democrat Richard Russell's name off the building to replace it with an African-American Republican named Hiram Revels, the first African-American to serve anywhere in Congress, and he was a senator. So here's uh, the Congressman Representative Al Green this morning in the House of Representatives. The Senate of the United States of America 
cares more about what they wear to work than the building they work in. I think he's talking about Senator Fetterman dressing like a homeless person under a bridge drinking cans of Schaefer and crushing them with his hand on his forehead. I think that's what he's talking about there. And Michael uh, presented this to me, and he said, what do you think he's talking about here? I said, I think he's talking about uh, Fetterman and uh, the fact that he's uh, like a hobo. No, a hobo. Here's Congressman Al Green. Allowing casual clothing on the Senate floor disrespects the institution. It does. Disrespects the institution we serve and the American families we represent. Yes, it does. No disrespect, senators, but I believe allowing Richard Russell's name uh-huh. to stay on the Senate Russell office building uh-huh. disrespects the people you serve and disrespects this country. The Richard Russell office building is a symbol of racism. Yes, it is. And it's a symbol of the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party's illustrious racist history. Uh, who was Richard Russell? It is a symbol of disrespect for the American people. Yes, it and is. And it certainly disrespects people of African ancestry. Yes, it does. Because Richard Russell was a racist bigot. Richard Russell was a co-author of the Southern Manifesto. Democrat. Richard Russell fought anti-lynching legislation. Democrat. He was a, And he never, because Al Green is a faithful Democrat, he never mentions that this person that he's describing is a member of his own party, of the party of Jefferson Davis and the Confederate States of America and Nathan Bedford Forrest and the White Knights of the KKK and of Jim Crow, Congressman Al Green. It's time for you to take the same amount of time that you took to uh, reform your dress code and reform the name that's on the Richard Russell office building. It's easy to do. Just let it revert back to the name that it had before it became the Russell Senate office building. Let it become the old Senate office building. And if you need more time, take ad infinitum and decide the name that you most prefer. I have no name to recommend. I only recommend that you take Russell's name off. For 10 years, I've been saying this. And if he weren't a political coward, Al Green would say, name it for Hiram Revels, the first African-American to serve in Congress who did serve in the Senate, uh, that would be the uh, proper and appropriate thing to do. I refuse to enter the Richard Russell office building. I'm a one-person protest. He's a one-person protest. He's not going to go in there. I refuse to disrespect myself by entering a building named after bigot, racist, who authored, authored the Southern Manifesto and fought anti-lynching legislation. Then you should fight for it to be named for Hiram Revels, as I've been arguing should be done for more than a decade now. Uh, thanks for catching up halfway, Al Green. You know, President Joe Biden's insidious plan to inflict the digital dollar on all of us in the United States is already underway. And it's very important to understand the potential consequences here because they're not telling this, the truth about it. Surprise, surprise. And it's not in our best interest. Time is of the essence. And getting smart on this subject now to protect your savings and your retirement is the smart play. You can help protect your savings and get smart on this topic by by diversifying with gold and silver IRAs. You get started there by calling the experts at American Alternative Assets. Call them today at 888-4-GOLD-20. That's 888-446-5320. Get all the guidance you need on safeguarding your retirement savings with gold and silver Say no to Joe Biden's digital dollar. Call 888-4-GOLD-20. 
Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance gold and silver will be indicative of future results. Seek your own legal tax investment financial advice before opening an account. Yeah, Al Green. Good for Al Green. Now, he should call me. I'll uh, I'll explain uh, why Hiram revels. He, he won't do that, though, because he's a Democrat, and you know how they are. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. A, uh, another ignored story out of Florida, Polk County, Florida. Over 200 arrested during human trafficking investigation in Polk County, Florida. Just amazing. A record 219 suspects were arrested initially during a week-long undercover human trafficking operation in Polk County. The Polk County Sheriff's Office said among the arrests were suspects who solicited prostitutes and those who offered to commit prostitution and other suspects who profited from, aided, and abetted prostitution. Two suspects, Freddy Escalona, 30, and Maria Guzman, 36, have been charged with human trafficking. This is your Democrat Party and open borders at work here. Um, Just extraordinary. More than 200 people arrested in one week in Polk County, in Florida, which does not border Mexico or Cuba. Uh, and the uh, the president of Mexico is blaming us for the illegal aliens coming as true because it's the greatest country in the world. Um, just amazing. And that is a story that the Washington Post is not covering the human trafficking. Um, also, Michael found a story. He, uh, he took a look at when I first started talking about renaming the racist Democrat Richard Russell uh, Democrat racist building, the Hiram Revels building, and, and uh, Michael found an article that, that um, you know, proves what I said earlier is 100% true. That's coming up. And President Trump, President Trump in court again today, that's coming right up. Because uh, Michael went and retrieved it, I want to share this with you since Al Green is talking about changing the name of the racist Democrat Richard Russell building without ever mentioning that the racist was a Democrat. Michael found an article, uh, thanks to Al Gore's amazing internet, peace be upon him. And it's uh, wonderful. It's from June 18th of 2014. That's uh, nine years ago, more than nine years ago. And the uh, the headline from Americans for Limited Government, Americans for Limited Government wrote the article uh, out of Fairfax, Virginia. 
and uh, and it's uh, great fun. The the internet is a funny place, isn't it? If the Redskins have to change their name, the Senate should rename Russell Senate Office Building. That's the headline at Americans for Limited Government in June of 2014. And it's kind of fun uh, that they're saying, hey, uh, you know, you got to change the Redskins. What's up with that? Uh, But what about this, Democrats, you bunch of racists? And in the story, it says... Renaming the building, and they they suggest that, uh, uh, interestingly, that it be named for Hiram Revels. And uh, it says it right here, renaming the building after Hiram Revels, a suggestion first made by Washington, D.C.-based talk show host Chris Plant. See? Could be the first of many recompenses Democrat leaders such as yourself might undertake, particularly considering the party's historic support of both slavery and segregationist policies to scrub the Capitol clean of its racist Democrat history. Now, that's absolutely true, isn't it? That's, uh, but, uh, mm, mm, mm. that's good stuff. That's what the, that's what the piece says from 2014. And that's, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And, uh, there it is in, in uh, writing. And that's Harry Reid was the Senate leader, and I've been pushing for it for uh, for almost a decade, and according to this, and I think it's been more than a decade, actually. Uh, but that's great. And uh, there it is in black and white, and that's not a race reference. Renaming the building after Hiram Revels, a suggestion first made by Washington, D.C.-based talk show host Chris Plant to scrub the Capitol, clean it of its racist Democrat Party history. That's good stuff. See? How about that? Mm -mm -mm. Okay, now let's get to, uh, because it turns out that the carjacked Democrat, Henry Cuellar from Texas, this guy shouldn't even be a Democrat. He uh, says he's a Roman Catholic. He's kind of pro-life, but, you know, he's a Democrat, so got to put limits on that because they are pro-death. They love death more than we love life. But he was carjacked last night in front of his apartment building and Southwest Washington, D.C., near the baseball stadium, a neighborhood that they call uh, uh, Navy Yard. There's a Navy Yard near there. And um, and he was grabbed by, I don't know who the news media was that found him or whether it's just somebody with their phone, but here is uh, Congressman Henry Cuellar this morning describing what happened to him when he was carjacked last night by Democrats. Yeah, I was just uh, coming into my place, uh, three guys, uh, came out of uh, nowhere and they pointed guns uh, at me. I do Moral. have a black belt, but I uh, recognize when you got three, uh, three guns. Uh, I looked at one with a gun, another with a gun, a third one behind me. Uh, so they said they wanted my car. I said, sure. Hey, uh, I'm a black belt, but, you know, there are three of them, and it's true. Uh, and, and, and he said apparently he has earned a third-degree black belt um, in uh, presumably karate, and uh, and he's right, of course. It's him and his black belt with his car and his keys and maybe his luggage and his, what did, what did he say, his laptop or his iPad? His iPad. His iPad. And his sushi. And he's getting out of his car and it's 930 at night and it's dark out. And three guys with guns, you know, maybe Chuck Norris could take him. But, uh, you know, a reasonable person, even with a, an advanced martial arts uh, degree, could not. Uh, reasonably be expected to take out three guys with guns, okay? And they're, you know, young Democrats, 
and they're wearing masks. They're wearing masks, which is perfectly normal in Washington, D.C. now. And because of the crime wave that the Democrats have instituted and implemented, the problem is not our guns, it's your sons. The problem is not our guns, it's your sons. The left is coming for your rights. Um, and here is uh, Quayer. I, I, I looked this up, this claim up. Turns out he's got a brother in Texas who is a sheriff of the, uh, the county where they grew up, where the family grew up and where he grew up. But he says here he's got three, I don't know, he's a Democrat, so he might just be lying about part of this. I do want to thank the uh, Capitol Police, and I certainly want to thank the uh, Metro Police. Uh, I'm a big law enforcement person. I got three brothers in law enforcement, so I certainly appreciate the, uh, the good work that the police did last night. He's got three brothers that are law enforcement, he says. He's got a Wikipedia page which says that a brother, Martin Quayer, serves as the sheriff of Webb County, Webb County, down in the West Texas town of El Paso. And, uh, and uh, that's good. And he's got a sister who's a uh, judge also, um, Rose Quayer, municipal judge in Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo. But uh, there he is, and he's a karate man, you know, so he brews on the inside, but uh, he's not going to take these guys on. And here's the central takeaway from Henry Cuellar. They had masks, but you could still see that they were young. Uh, they had young folks. You don't think they know who you were? Uh, no, I don't think so. This, this, this guys were three. Uh, yeah, you got to support. The message is very simple. you got to support law enforcement. The message is very simple. That's the, he might be kicked out of the party for that. He could be. They might arrest him today at the Capitol for saying you've got to support law enforcement. The uh, the Democrats, you know, they're they're not exactly the law enforcement people. Mm, 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 mm. All right, let's get back to uh, you know we got Jamal Bowman, we got all that crazy stuff. Let's get to President Trump because President Trump is in court today uh, again in New York, and uh, let's go because yesterday he uh, left. Now, he came in, and we played a lot of the audio yesterday of President Trump when he was entering the courthouse, uh, and then the president left for lunch and came back after lunch. He spoke to the press when he was leaving for lunch, spoke to the press again when he was coming back after lunch. He then spoke to the press again after court was finished for the day. Uh, he exhausts the press. They don't know what to do, so they just hate him. But let's go to soundbite number 13, President Trump. Um talking about the lynch mob that is the Democrat Party to this day, going back to, you know, the Civil War, that's who they are, to, to uh, Richard Russell, that's who they are, uh, to the soft bigotry of low expectations, that's who they are, President Trump. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. We have a rogue judge who rules that properties are worth a tiny fraction, one one hundred a tiny fraction of what they actually are. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. Letitia James, a radical, racist, extremist. Well, she, uh, yeah, I'm sure she is a racist, but she targeted Trump because she ran on targeting Trump because she's a leftist and she has Trump derangement syndrome and she's insane. And then did you see the... Speaking of crazy, the crazy judge in this case who has come up with all kinds of harebrained stuff. And when the camera showed up in the courtroom yesterday, 
He said, oh, the camera. He thinks he's uh, uh, Lance Ito and the dancing Itos. They think he's going to be famous now. So he pulled off his glasses and turned to the camera and smiled and mugged for the camera like he's going to become a TV star, which might very well happen. Uh, President Trump. There was no there was no victim here. The banks were represented by the best, biggest, most prestigious law firms in the state of New York, actually in the country. Some of the biggest and best law firms in all cases, the biggest and best law firms that's who represented them. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me. I've got to say, I, I'm not an attorney, thankfully, but uh, I agree with President Trump 100 percent. The, who, who is the aggrieved party here? Who is the complainant? Uh, who has been defrauded here? And the answer is nobody. Oh, he said his uh, residence was 10,000 square feet, when in reality it was 30,000 square feet. Or they said it was 30,000 square feet, and it was really 10,000 square feet, or whatever it was. Who cares? I mean, who's the aggrieved party? Who was harmed? Who was hurt in all of this? Uh, and the president honestly said, uh, well, he said, let's, let's let uh, President Trump say it because he says it pretty well himself. These are corrupt people we're dealing with, the most corrupt people. We have a great company. I built a great company. It's got tremendous value. It's got some of the greatest real estate assets in the world. And now I have to go before a rogue judge as a continuation of Russia, 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 as a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. And I don't think the people of this country are going to stand for it. Uh, and uh, that's where the um, the news media starts pretending that he's threatening violence. I don't think the American people are going to stand for it. And that leads to, who is it, the Washington Post. Uh, oh, Trump. Trump ramps up. Oh, it's NBC fake news. Trump ramps, ramps up violent rhetoric. NBC News analysis of all of the former president's public remarks show that his recent statements on social media posts have taken a dark and aggressive turn. Well, maybe the left-wing radicals in uh, Georgia and New York and Washington, D.C. might be the driving force behind all of this. Pretty amazing stuff. And uh, they say, <laughs> now he did. In the past week, Trump suggested online that the now former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Thoroughly Modern Milley, um, Deserve to face the death penalty. They don't quote him in the NBC story. In California, he called for shoplifters to be shot on sight. Well, that had cut down on shoplifting. Lickety split, as Chaz Bono would like to say. And he criticized former Speaker Nancy Pelosi during the same speech. He mockingly asked how Pelosi's husband was doing. Sure, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Trump. But, uh, you know, is that violent rhetoric? You guys should stop shooting people. You guys should stop looting. You guys should stop carjacking. Democrats, stop carjacking. Stop looting. Stop shooting people. President Trump. People are getting it. I can tell you the voters getting it because every time they give me a fake indictment, I go up in the polls and that's never happened before. So there he is talking about how the American people aren't going to take it. I go up in the polls. It's a purely political context. 
and then uh, the uh, the the court appearance ended yesterday, and uh, and he was on his way out the door and wanted to stop and add a few things and important things. That last five minutes was outstanding because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we won at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80% of the case is over. I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So uh, you think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury. But uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. And if I read it right, I interpret that. And the way everyone else in the room seems to interpret that is that the statute of limitations uh, is a very real thing in this country. And that would be about 80% of this case would be over. That the statutes of limitation had expired, um, the president said, on 80% of the charges brought against him. Going back to 2011 for uh, these uh, alleged crimes. You know, that with the the woman at Bergdorf Goodman in the dressing room, they just eliminated the, the statute of limitations just for his trial and then they restored the statute of limitations after they were done with him because they're banana republic leftists. All right, let's go to uh, President Trump today now uh, on his way into court this morning. So he's been given this information. It's now been proven to be false, such as Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach, Florida being worth $18 million when in fact it's much closer to $1.5 billion. And I appreciate very much the officials of Palm Beach calling yesterday and writing and saying that she was very wrong. That's not the way you got to the property. So she said it was $18 million. It's $1.5 billion. Likewise, we've just recently sold two properties for many times what they were worth. Many times what they were worth in the financial statements. Now, the New York Sun has the story today quote, ridiculous, end quote, is the world, is the word real estate appraisers in Palm Beach are using to describe Mar-a-Lago being valued at $18 million by this judge in the fraud case. And the real estate agent that they spoke to, quoting now, just the land value alone, I think we would get close to $500 million with just that alone, without even the property and how iconic it is. Iconic before Trump even took it over. One broker said that just the real estate, uh, the dirt, if the buildings were all gone and it didn't have the history, just the dirt would be worth $500 million. And these criminals in New York valued the property at $18 million. Because... They're liars. They're frauds. They're crooks. You can't trust them. And they have this Trump derangement syndrome that they're trying to work out uh, by prosecuting President Trump. And this lunatic judge pulling his glasses off and turning and smiling for the cameras, thinking he's George Clooney for a moment. When in reality, he looks like one of the melting skulls at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. But pay no attention to that. Yeah, ridiculous. Just the dirt alone for Mar-a-Lago. $500 million. Tear everything down and rebuild. It's worth $500 million. But it's one of the most important and historic estates in the United States of America. I'm a karate man, right? Karate man rules 
from the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. Uh, President Trump today at the courthouse uh, in New York City, knowing what the Democrats are doing to him and this crooked judge and the crooked uh, uh, attorney general of the state of New York. He's been given false information, misleading information, and corrupt information by a very corrupt and incompetent attorney general, Letitia James. This woman is grossly incompetent. She ran on the basis I will get Trump without knowing anything about it. That's a fact. That's uh, She ran on the idea of getting Trump, and then she took office, and she's doing what they can. And, and here's the amazing thing. The Democrat Party has corrupted millions of Americans out there who don't care about the rule of law anymore. They're just part of the Democrat Party's lynch mob, as they have been for so many decades now. This case should be dismissed. This is not a case. And she should probably be dismissed also because she's terrible and grossly incompetent. But at a minimum, she should start looking for the murderers and the criminals, the violent criminals all over New York, do something about all of the illegal migrants. Well, they don't care about violent criminals. The violent criminals are their friends. They're their sons, even their daughters, their brothers, their, their fellow travelers. Crimes come in many stripes, and the Democrats have pretty much all of them covered. Amazing stuff. Also, one of the things I didn't get to is Congressman Matt Gates going after Speaker Kevin McCarthy's job as uh, Speaker of the House. Uh, there may be a vote on that today. I suspect it won't go very far but I may get to it tomorrow. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.